The Two Brews in the Studio Show, the podcast. Podcast. One, two, three, four. Salute to the creative genes that you are. I'm the Beta Taylor, aka Hogan, and my name is Tabari Fingal, aka the Brilliant Professor. That's right, yo, creatives. What to do? The ones that's been rocking with us. Uh huh. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate it. Tell a foe, tell a friend. It's all the same to me. New creatives. Yeah. If you're just getting hip to this, uh, to the show, follow mm-hmm. us on Instagram mm-hmm. and Twitter yep. at Two Bro Show. At Two Bro Show. Then run on over to SoundCloud. Yep. Here we go. Follow us at Two Bro Show. At Two Bro Show. Make sure that you like, comment, repost, do all the things that we need you guys to do so this podcast can live forever. Forever. Forever, ever? ever? Forever, ever. (laughs) That's right. And then scurry on over to YouTube. Please do. And you can find us, the two bros in the studio show. Yep. And then when you pull that up, you're going to see two handsome faces. That's what my mom would say. Mm -hmm. And then there's going to be a subscribe button somewhere along the line. I think it might be in the bottom right-hand corner. Maybe it could be in the top. I mean, they move it quite often. But whenever you find that subscribe button, make sure you smash that. Right? Yep. Now, Uh, comment. Please. Like. Yep. Thumbs up. Oh. And ring the bell. Ring, ring that bell. Ring, Make ring, sure ring you bell. know when we post new episodes. Absolutely, absolutely. And ultimately, man, just share. Because sharing is caring. And it's free. 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 <laughs> you sound like a car speeding away from the red light. That you- <laughs> <laughs> So you know who's doing the Foley work now for all these um, cars that you be hearing on some of these um, blockbuster movies. It, it's me. It's, yeah. it's me rolling the tongue simply. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? A little EQing. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Get some filtering and stuff done by yep. B-Boy Tech himself. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which. <laughs> creators, we are back at you. Especially um, you music creators. The mm-hmm. ones that's been knocking down our door and mm-hmm. hitting our DMs. With your great suggestions. Well, why don't y'all have more Geek Out episodes? Why don't you have more episodes for the producer? But you know what? We deliver just like Brute Apron. Right to your doorstep. Right to your doorstep. All the ingredients there. That's right. Let's do it. Healthy ingredients. Mm-hmm. You know? So, hey. So, um, we've been following this guy. Big Boy Tech Report. Why? Because he <laughs> has a very, very unique voice. Super and I love dope. the way he... um. He he really goes goes over um, instruments. His um, uh, new release on stuff. This dude is a geek for real. Love it. Salute to them geeks out there. Um, you can check his website. Website is laid out lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, give him the link. I give mean, him the link. It's www.bboytechreport.com. That's right. Check the shirt out. Ain't that shirt fresh though? That joint fresh, bro. I think I'm still in your thunder right now, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I'm giving you a dope intro, but now I'm like kind of like stealing all of your thunder right now. But let me go ahead and give you the floor. This is fam, fam. Yeah, check me out on bboytechreport.com. That's kind of. Uh, the info spot, you know what I mean? It's it's the place where hip hop and music tech collide. So, mm. you know what I mean? What I do on B Boy Tech Report is I kind of review things and bring you music tech news from a boom bap hip hop perspective. Yeah. Uh, 
because that's that's really what I didn't see out there. So sure. what I decided to do is like you know. So for instance, uh, let's just say a new drum machine or a new keyboard or something would come out, and you'd only ever see demos of cats. Uh, I, I remember I bought a, a Slim Fatty, a Moog Slim oh, yeah. Fatty. Yeah, and you'd only ever see demos of cats with. Um, uh, UK accents, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. England and they, accent, and they're not doing and what you're doing. Be doing EDM or dance music or something, right? And you know, even though you get an idea of what it's doing, I mean, I wanted to be able to provide cats like, yo, this is what it do for us. For <laughs> sure, you know what I'm saying. Real right. Let's put it in that perspective. Real yeah, you know, it's just like anything else. When you watch TV, I mean, Burger King got a different commercial for BET than they do for NBC. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Mary J. Blige. Thanks, thank you for yanking that yeah. one Burger King oh, commercial. The most proud moment, right? <laughs> man, <laughs> straight up. <laughs> uh, what to do, man? And that's so. That's bboytechreport.com is um, that the information space for boom bap and music tech. You know what I mean? For or, or should I say, music tech from a boom bap perspective or hip hop perspective? Nice. Uh, yeah, yeah. Nice. That was that was the sheer attraction to what you was doing. I was like, yo. It's a very, yo, exactly. So let's talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, beat people. <clears throat> so this came about, man, because I've always released music uh, and I've always <laughs> got, well, lately I've gotten much more into sound design over the last couple of years. So mm. it's been kind of a plan when I erected B-Boy Tech Report. It was one of those things where I said, then I'm going to do this sound design stuff uh, uh, because, you know, it just kind of seems like, you know, we all have our own take on things, right? Sure. So I wanted yeah. to be able to provide some of that. And I also wanted to have a vehicle for releasing music from like-minded people. Right. And, it, and it's all about community for me. So I created Beat People because that's kind of how I started referring to people that would be like in our circle of <laughs> yeah. cats on social media. Be like, yo, shout out to my Beat People to bro show. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. Or, you know, just on and on. Shout out to my Beat People, MSX Audio and, and Sounds and Gear. And so this kind of thing I kept doing, I was like, that is a thing. <laughs> <laughs> it is a thing now. I, yeah, it's a thing. So I, I erected the website beatpeople.com uh, and I yeah. did the podcast there with, with a, a roundtable discussion. Basically the same perspective as B-Boy Tech Report. Sure. Uh, you know, uh, music tech from a, a hip hop and boom bap or urban perspective. And uh, yeah. I, I, I got to ask, man. Like, who's doing your websites, my G? Because your websites are oh, very, very clean, bro. So super clean, man. Yeah. Like, I appreciate yeah. it, man. That, yeah. That's me, man. Um, really? You, you writing code or is it, are you going to like... A little, bit of, a little bit of both. I mean, it's it's WordPress and, you know, templates and customization. No, I'm sure. I'm know, some CSS stuff. But I'll tell sure. you, so let me let me just give you a little bit of background to make that make sense. Please do. Please do. <laughs> <laughs> right? So... Um, uh, my career, I'm an IT professional, right? Okay. But Makes that, sense. That's, yeah. So, so in the nineties, I was, um, doing my, my thing, performing. I'm from Chicago. Smooth. Okay. So I was, I was performing a lot with Shout a group. out to Shabra. Word up, word up. <laughs> so I came up in Chicago hip hop in the nineties where it was, you know, it was really just yeah. a fresh, fresh environment, man. So, yeah. um, what I know, I went to Columbia College, Chicago. I met, you know, my, wife there and okay. a lot of my lifelong friends there yeah. and um, we were performing and doing all kinds of stuff and eventually Columbia College just became a place where I collected student loan debt 
(laughs) (laughs) And we've all done that if we went to college, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That go because I realized early on, like, yo, I'm just here hanging out. Sure, exactly. We got signed to like a production and management company, and we started doing shows all over Chicago. I mean, to a point, yo, we would open up for like whoever was coming through town and stuff. One time we was on Bill with Santa at the Pan American Fest at Soldier's Bill. And um You said who? Santana. Are you Santana. serious? Wow. Yeah. I ain't gonna we got rained out, but I mean we was That's on the, the bill. point. Like, we was on the bill. Doesn't <laughs> matter, bro. He's <laughs> on the <laughs> bill. Yeah, so I mean so that so that's kinda what we got to the point where we even got like nominated for, you know, local uh, uh awards, uh hip hop awards and local scene and that that underground hip hop scene. Wow. And so okay. that that's kind of that's me. MC never made music at that point. That's just what I was doing. And and then we started doing shows so much. And our managers, I think, were probably getting paid, but we wasn't getting paid. <clears throat> oh, I remember, I remember looking at my guy like, yo, <laughs> oh. I ain't with this broke artist thing. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> for real. You say we got to starve to be a starving yeah. artist, for real. I don't know if it, we, we make other sacrifices. Why we got to be so broke all the time? <laughs> right. Um, right. But so, so that was a pinnacle moment, right? I literally told my guys, it was three of us, a DJ and two MCs. Right. We, we likened ourselves almost. It was almost like, our flavor in our minds was like a cross between Tribe Called Tribe Called Quest and mm-hmm. Mob Deep. You know oh, what I'm saying? Okay, like, okay. Well, you had to throw Mob Deep in. You got to throw the hood my, in because you were in Chicago, bro. My guy was more Mob Deep than anything, and I was probably more <laughs> Tribe Called Quest than anything. But something about the way we worked the thing, it, it worked really well, man. We got okay. a lot of respect. I actually for like that. You got old. You got something recorded? I'd love to. Oh, Why? Yeah, yeah. yeah, visit some, the old stuff. Throwback Thursday. I'll email y'all some stuff, man. Let y'all check it out. Real live. Yeah. Of course, that was of course that was pre YouTube and stuff exactly. like that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so it, it's all it, it's all this this cycle of things. That was a point when I said, "Bruh, I'm about to go to DeVry. I know it sounds like a commercial. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I seen you on one of those commercials. <laughs> Weren't you the token black guy on that commercial? <laughs> he turned around and smiled. I don't <laughs> that was the only time you saw him in the commercial. That was it. That was it. No more. So, so you know what that created, man, is I got into technology pretty heavy. I, I actually had the forethought at the moment, like, yo. We in all these studios and everybody got this music equipment. We can't afford none of the music equipment, but I mean, they're going to need somebody to fix this stuff. Damn right. <laughs> so I'm about know, to go to right. school and learn something about some technology and figure out how to fix this stuff. Sure. So I literally went and I got a, uh, an electronics degree and uh, an associate's degree in electronics. <clears throat> okay. Smartering and everything. And, and that brought me into the IT career. So. Mm. I went into IT and I kind of ever since have lived this double life of doing IT to pay the bills. Right. Being a creative in my real life. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, pay the bills or also pay your fetish of new, of buying new equipment, buying right? New equipment. To, be, to be able to afford what you yeah. need to do. Yeah, exactly. Right. And so right. that's a, that's a, that's always been this duality that I've lived, right? Like, and at one point I wouldn't want people in, in hip hop that I work with to know that I'm an IT guy and then the <laughs> IT people, I didn't want to know I'm a hip hop guy. And at some point 
<laughs> Damn, what's man. the water? Do you even step by the water cooler at work? <laughs> Can you imagine? He's like, um, I, I'm, I, 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 I'm gone. I can't talk to y'all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no doubt. So, at some point, I was just like, yo, this is me. My real life is I'm a technical dude and I'm an MC, or however you want to flip it. I'm an MC and I'm a technical dude. Right. Throughout all of that, getting into technology naturally, I started making music. And mm. Okay. You know, making my own music, and I was already familiar with NPCs and different keyboards and stuff because of just being around it. Yeah. Um, but that, all of that, it, in 2012, became the amalgamation of B-Boy Tech Report. Right. So wow, the, there's a technical side to me, and there's a music side to me. You know what I mean? So I just kind of figured I put it all together. Those those kind of techie sort of cool. Uh, just throwing it out there too. I'm, it looks like you got a business side of you too. Just keeping it real yeah. live. You're doing some things and it looks good and and I see all the things. I'm a business guy myself. Word. You know what I'm saying? So that's, I see it. (laughs) And once I saw it, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm doing it, man. That's, uh, it's, I kind of look at it like, uh, there's a lot of people that are paid well from blogging and, and, you know, all the things that we do, podcasting and all of that. Sure. And, so I do it all, and obviously, yeah, I'm pursuing it like a real business. That's the way I focus it. Yeah, you know what I'm and, and and you have to. You really do. You, you have yeah. to, especially if you're trying yep. to leverage your IT job into doing something that you love to do. Right, right. That's it, and that, that that's it. So I, I figured <laughs> crossroads is gonna come. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, I, well, and every day, the more I grind, right. the more I feel like I'm to that crossroads. So, right. so. um. <clears throat> that there's definitely plenty of work to do on on this side of things on the beat boy tech report and the beat people side sure and you know i'm grinding man and and every with every you know month and every year that i do this i realize more benefits and little more things that make that uh in my eyes look mm. like success you know what i'm yeah. saying so well i'm, I'm it, man, man <clears throat> success is all about you know meeting your goals for real at the end of the right. day yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> no matter how small or big your goals are, mm-hmm. you know, nobody can ever tell you you're not, you know, you're not successful. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's subjective to you. You know what I'm saying? It, it I is, mean, yeah. even meeting just small, minuscule goals that help you lead up to, you know, to, to the ultimate goal. Well, that's success too. Yeah. It is. It is. You know what? Uh, um, I don't know if y'all know my bro, uh, St. Joe from Sounds and Gear. But um, that gear. sounds like Very familiar with sounds like gear. Oh, that's, that's my man. Uh, okay. But he he always he's very philosophical and very positive <laughs> dude, man. So I remember him saying one time, and it's stuff that I've always kind of thought. But the truth is, you know, nobody can uh, can you know designate your success for you. You know what I'm saying? What your success for you is what it is for you. For you, and, right? For you is not always what it'll look like for everybody else. Unfortunately, we got all these things running around in our head because we're inundated with all these images of what we think success is. And success ain't necessarily a gold watch and a diamond chain and, Man, <laughs> and all what? that kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, I mean that's I mean that is ab- that is oh, absolutely I don't, I don't real. I mind gold watches and diamond chains. I'm just saying. Sure, sure. <laughs> that, that ain't the whole. Sure. that ain't the whole thing. That ain't the sure. whole thing, and that ain't that's, that could be just the byproduct of. That, exactly. That's what it should. Exactly. That's what it should. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. We all like nice things, but you got to right. you got to determine success for yourself. You know? I, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the same thing. You know that we 
tell our artists, you know, especially, you know, the beginning when I start working with artists is that, you know, I just ask them just so real, real simple, fundamental questions, you know, just to really find out where they're at. You know, it's like, dude, you got to really ask yourself, like, what are you doing this for? Is it for the love? Is it for the fame? Is it for the money? Because you're doing it for the love. Well, you're just going to do it anyway. And if that's the case, then we're just going to map out a road of success, you know what I'm saying, to get you to the to point you where, you know, uh-huh. all of those things like the Rolex and the cars and, and, and the five-star mm-hmm. hotels and all that stuff just end up being the byproduct of good business. That's right. right. And being persistent. You know, right. all the other stuff, the fame, the money, and, and you can you can crap through that, and then you mm-hmm. end up like... <laughs> the joke of the... A soldier yeah. boy. Yeah. No shots, but, but yeah, right. Exactly, though. That's that's the real. And then two, I think artists, man. I mean, from from my from my own perspective, right. Obviously, that's all I can really give the the conversation of my own perspective. But sure. one thing I had to realize uh, as an artist is creating and doing all this stuff. I have to do what's good for me, right. Mm. Number right. one, what's good for me, and if I can channel that in a way that becomes, uh, you know. If I can monetize it, okay, then I can monetize it. But, you know, I have to do what's good for me. There was, I moved from Chicago to LA. Uh, That's a huge I, leap. I was going to ask. Huge one, man. And, and again, that duality, living my duality. And you know, a lady in high school told me she, she, uh, she thought I was, you know, you a smart kid. You know, this is a black lady in the school, uh, predominantly Latino school and, uh, this one black lady, she wasn't the principal. I forget what she was, but she always looked out for the black kids. But it was right. like it was only three of us. It was right. a good number of us. You know what I'm saying? Right. It, right. it was a mixed school. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, uh, uh, she, I remember her saying, yo, you got to learn how to be bi-dialectal. And the bi-dialectal or bi-dialectical? Uh, one, of the, one of the words. I have to look up to see what Bilingual? Saying, but it was. No, 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 no. <laughs> no doubt. Not two languages, but the dialect, slang, oh, and proper English. For right? sure. Mm. Right, right, so right, 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 right. Speak properly when it's time to speak and present yourself. And then right. you can hang out and be cool with your homies. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. She's like, I see that with you. And I want you to know that that ain't a bad thing. You're gonna have. You're probably gonna end up having to to navigate both of those if you're gonna plan on hitting any of your goals. You know what I mean? Right. So, but damn it, if you ain't doing it now, word, word, <laughs> all day, all day, all day, every day. So that's that duality that I always speak of. Right. Um, so that is is part of the reason. That's kind of how I came to come from Chicago to L.A. I had the IT job. I was able to transfer in the same company. Oh, that's dope. But, you know, at the time in Chicago, I had a band and we were kind of like the roots. You know what I'm saying? It was yeah. you know, an MC, a band and a DJ. Right. Right. And, um, I had a couple singles. We was doing pretty good stuff, man. We, I think the, one of my favorite shows we did in Chicago was at a place called the, um, uh, the wild hair, which is, you know, a pretty well known spot. It's up by Wrigleyville. Um, okay. And, um, <clears throat> yeah, so that sounds like we an iconic spot. The wild it is. It's it's mm. a it's a reggae <laughs> spot, and it okay. basically anybody that's anybody, especially on a reggae circuit, comes through Chicago to play the wild here. Okay. So it was a huge honor to be on that stage, and we were doing shows like that on the regular. I was so like, that sound system must have been dope. Oh, it was not because reggae spots 
don't have weak sound systems. No, you can't. No. <laughs> what weak about it, man? I mean, the whole thing was just ill. The drummer was on a platform on the stage. The stage was already like four feet off the <laughs> ground, and then the drummer what? was on the platform. It's a whole bunch of craziness. I remember the night. Uh, so we performed there like on a Friday night or Saturday night or something. We we did live rehearsal on a Wednesday, and um, our drummer wasn't there. Well, at the time, my drummer was. Uh, my wife's cousin, so it's like my little cousin. You know what I'm right, saying? Right, right, right. He was uh, real proud of him. Been the military, and you know he finds us where he plays for the uh, some. I don't even know how. What is this? He plays football for some league of U.S. dudes. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm like y'all, the United States Football League. So, <laughs> all right. Oh, all right. Okay. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like a, like a semi pro league or something. Yeah, I guess it is, man. And uh, so so, but anyway, that that Wednesday night we rehearsed for the Wild here, and he he was late, and I was like, yo, he better be here. The right. dude came in with a full uh football uniform on. I didn't even know he was in a football league. So he, wow, <laughs> pads and all, pads and all. He took off his helmet. All right, let's pads. go. Helmet in hand, walking in cleats. <laughs> Respect. I mean, as long as he showed up. Like, and, and, but, but we didn't know. So we we like. Y'all yeah, thinking he was at McDonald's taking too long. Or what we doing? <laughs> but I digress. Anyway, that was just the, that memory that came across. <laughs> the, the, so from that, I eventually uh, moved to L.A. So I transferred in the job. And when I got to L.A., I put together another band. And we did that thing. So this is what, here's my point that started me on all this. What I thought was very cool and very interesting and what I wanted to do, I had to do some soul searching and say like, yo, I don't like being in the club, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Got you. Like I can remember being at the bar, man, uh, at the club. And, and then too, I had kind of two sort of setups where I would, I would go with a live band. And a DJ, or I would just go with a DJ. Right. So then it got to a point where a lot of times I was performing with just the DJ and the live band would be for like bigger venues or special occasions. Right. Um, you know, this one time I was at the airliner and, uh, I don't know, uh, some, some people out there may have heard of, um, uh, a series of shows that's been going on for years at the place called the airliner in LA. People in LA would know it's called, um, uh, the low end theory. And so the low end theory happens, I believe, every Tuesday or Wednesday nights. It's kind of like, you know, they got the name from Tribe Called Quest. Quest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's basically like a show of beat makers and really eclectic musicians that come through and just perform instrumental stuff. So it could be DJs. I've seen people there with full, wow. full yeah, on studio setups on stage and, you know what I mean? Or, or just, wow. you know, just in general performers that do music. So, uh, you know, we, I was in there and I performed there many times, but there was one night I was there, man. I was at the bar. I was having a, uh, a drink and I was kind of looking around. There's cats over there that are pretty well known. Right. Was selling CDs and I was waiting to go on. And the dude that was on stage, I was like, I'm not into that. Can't knock him though. That's his style. You know what I'm saying? And, right. But just the whole thing. And then, and that somebody came up to me and was like, yo, you know you, man. Yeah. I saw you at the other place and, you know, gave me pounds. And this whole moment is vivid because that's the moment when I realized like, I don't like this. That's right. Let's just be real about it, man. I don't, I don't dig this. So don't, don't mean I don't like making music and right. creating songs and stuff. But right. But just I being think, an artist, then, I ain't just being an artist just mm-hmm. wasn't what you wanted to do. 
Nah, I didn't see that that was what I wanted to do. But at the same time, I feel like there's there's parts of it I dig, parts of it I don't. I had to be real with myself. Right. Um, I want I'll uh, you know I've released actual albums since that moment. I ain't performed since. <laughs> and I actually <laughs> love performing. Now here's the deal. I wanted to do like um I wanted to do things like that would be in a different environment. Like I don't know, man. Um maybe partner with a with a dope artist and do a art exhibit with hip hop music performance and stuff like that. Sure. And, you know what I mean? High art almost. You know what yeah, I mean? Right, 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 right. Exhibitions. Yeah, that kind of stuff. So that yeah. was kind of where I saw things going. And I guess out of all of that kind of came a lot of this. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Beat Boy Tech Report and Beat People. So I had to find my creative lane that I like to get in and right. not necessarily what other people say. You you dope when you do this. Right. You're whole when you right. do this. Right. You know right. what I mean? Like, okay, a lot of people think, and it is for some people, you're doing shows, I'm doing a show here. Do, I don't like that. I don't like the grind of yeah. selling tickets. I had a similar realization. Right. I used to yeah. sing back in the day um, mm-hmm. and I was trying to pursue being an artist. And then I realized like I'm much more of a family man myself, <laughs> like mm-hmm. the life of being on the road and all of the stuff. Yeah. Nah, nah, not really. No, 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 no. Let me back up the truck and, and try this again. Then I really got yeah. heavy into production and then. Then I was like, okay, well, let me build a studio in the house. Build a pretty nice mm-hmm. studio in the house, and I don't leave the ca- the man cave. That's Word. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then when I come home, my daughter runs up and says, Daddy, it's the greatest thing in the world. So that's, that's, what, that's what's up. Yeah. Man. That balance is important to me, too. Man. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. you know, if I had wow. to organize all the things that, that I am, definitely like, you know, husband and father, you know, family man. You know sure. It is. It's just uh, yeah. It's just sure. it is what it is. For me, that's you know? yeah, it's, it's just, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, I, that, I, and that goes for the whole duality too, though, bro. Like the technical true. side. My IT job. There was a time when I had a job. I was traveling eighty percent of the time, and I'd oh, be wow, oh stupid man. I would be on the weekend, me and my wife and daughter having uh, breakfast on Saturday morning when I'm back home or whatever. And and I noticed they was they would be catching me up on stuff that happened during the week, and I was like, how did I, I miss that? <laughs> I understand, bro. I, I just experienced that. I just got off the road. That's true. And yeah. and nah, that that wasn't fun at all, man. I mean, now you know we can actually do like uh, FaceTime, Google, Google, uh, what's that? Um, Google Hangout or whatever, mm-hmm. right? That ain't it. Ain't it? Ain't the same. It ain't the same ain't as the your kid hopping yep. in the bed with you, mm-hmm. you know, in the middle of the night. You know what I mean? Like just chilling, you yeah. know, like it's, it's a special thing. I, my or sitting down eating dinner. dinner. Little things. That's, it. That's exactly Little things it. like that. It's, it's super my dope. My mom man. was in town yeah. one time and my daughter said that. She said, I like when we sit around and have dinner together. Like, you know what I mean? Like those are the realizations. Wow. How, do, how old is your daughter? She's 16 now. Okay. I think she was maybe 12 or something when she said that. But I mean, that's she understood. You can yeah. see where her values were, right? That's it. That's it, man. So, you know, that's why, you know, I roll the way I roll now. You know what I'm saying? And and it's not it's not a slight. It's to me like this feels good. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And no, because you're, you're doing exactly what hand. you feel that you should be doing or that yeah, you want to do. You know what I'm saying? There's, there's the Wonderland. Yeah. Like this. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> you know what All right. Saying? So look, check this out. 
Give us a quick tour, yeah, man. Gotta, yeah, what you got gotta, going on? I see, I see, I see, I see a bowl of spaghetti over there. <laughs> um, colorful spaghetti, some night lights. And it looked like it's it's going to do something dope, but um, so, yeah. This is uh, the new NPC hat. Um, right, I see you've been I see you've been playing around with that a lot too on yeah, Instagram. <laughs> I'm a I'm a beta tester, and uh, uh, I don't even know if they like us to say that, but it's, I think it's. People know that about me now. You know what I'm saying? Sure, <laughs> so sure. I'm, I'm testing this, um, and it has CV outs on the back. Dope. Which is control voltage that controls modular synthesis and mm. sense yep. and stuff. So that's like a huge breakthrough for a product like this. But I'm already into modular synthesizers and stuff. So this is kind of what you see over here. Ah. So this is what's crazy, man. So, you know, my technical side, my my music tech side. Can y'all hear me okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you you now. So the the music tech side of things, man, I I love like geeking out on stuff like this. So I got into modular synthesizers. And so for those that don't know really what modular synthesizers are, it's basically think about a synth, um, say, something like this. Right, so each one of the, this is like a modulation bus. This is a LFO on yep. the side. Yep. Um, you got your oscillators, and your envelopes, your, your filters, your envelopes, and your output. Bet. Okay. Those are all the components that make a scent. Yes. Right? In modular synthesis, they sell one component as a box. Right? Ah. Uh, so then you're just buying an oscillator. Yeah, exactly. You you buy an oscillator or you'll buy a filter, like right. saying like this is one component of a synthesizer. So this is a filter. Um and you know, different things. Here's a filter. So each one of these, this is an oscillator, here's a uh LFO over there, just a b- bunch of different components, and you can basically build your own synth. So Damn, so, like Legos. So it, it seems to me like that's the old way of doing it. Like, that's mm-hmm. how it used to be done. Like, if you were playing guitar, like all my guitar players, shout out to my, my guitar players, that's kind of how they build their racks, their floor racks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they yeah. have these yeah. individual pieces that they kind of daisy chain together. Exactly. That's right. Yeah. And they, depending yeah. on what they want, they just tap, 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 and there it is, you know, for right. them. It seems to me like that. that's the old way of doing it. Is it, is it coming back now? Is that kind of how it's, it's happening so, again? Yeah, or are you just like kind of going down the road because that's how you roll? Nah, well, both, both. So yeah. it's it's like, excuse me. There's a whole uh, culture of this stuff, man. Um, and so here's the deal: it's called Euro Rack, right? Because cats in Europe kind of brought this yeah. to fruition. So you got back in the late '60s and '70s, you had cats like. Um, uh, Bob Moog, like the Moog synthesizers and yep. stuff like that. I think he just yeah. passed away too. That, yeah, yeah. Well, no, he passed away. It was a while ago, but there no, was a uh, club may have just passed away. And then there was um, I can't think of the dude who the the founder of Roland who created the eight hundred eight. Yes, yes, yes. That's, that's yeah. We posted yeah, it on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, who it was. Yeah. Um. So what it is like when they created synthesizers, like from the beginning of synthesis for music. They were using like a modular type of setup, but mm-hmm. it was a different format. Like these are three inch tall 
theirs, I think, is five inches or seven inches. I can't remember. But they were bigger modules. And um, so y'all love soul music. Any of the Stevie Wonder stuff that y'all love from the 70s was all done with modular synthesis and some form of synthesis. Like, yeah, you know, like there was there was a couple dudes that created um, uh, a synth called Tonto. And they created, they used all these different module, modules from all these different companies like Korg Roland. I don't know if it was these, these particular names, but Moog and all these different dudes. And they created this massive wall of synth and they created this goofy album, like something, some circus or weird. It was a right, right, right. real wild album, man. Like it was basically the beginning of electronic music and it was just experimental sound. Well, you know. Stevie Wonder got wind of it because he's always been a tech nerd. He got wind of it. He (laughs) came up with it. Show me how y'all doing that. And then we got songs in the key of life, man. You know, intervisions, life of plants and intervisions. Yeah. Yeah. And so through all of that, it, it, it kind of died out. Um, Mm. when digital music and more digital music in the eighties started coming to, to, to fruition. Right. Everybody wanted a little bit more of an inbox. Yeah, uh, one, yeah, one-stop shop type of thing. Yeah, exactly, man. So the music changed. It went digital. Analog stuff kind of died out, and that whole modular thing just became, you know, that's too complicated. Nobody want to do that. We don't want a keyboard. <laughs> just play and just move on. <laughs> you Damn know right. Yeah, they, like, just give me some patches. Just give me some patches. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Some patches with some presets. You good? Yeah, right. Real right. live. Real what live. Happen is some cats in the in the uh, in Europe start developing what's called Eurorack. Which basically they took that bigger format from the sixties and seventies and they shrunk it down to three inches, mm. basically. Uh I think that's a yeah, so this size format right here, and started building individual parts again, saying like, yo, here's a I built a filter, here's an oscillator, here's an LFO, and all of these things. Like there's so many manufacturers now, because throughout the through the two thousands, this thing has grown again. Oh wow! A whole different thing. So there's this modular synth Euro rack set. Like if you would have, if you would have Google that Euro rack, uh-huh. you'll come up with tons of manufacturers, tons of like virtuoso type dudes that are making most incredible sound and stuff. Not much hip hop though. Ah, no, okay. No hip hop. <laughs> you know, okay. So because uh, so I've been doing this thing uh, called mod bap, basically modular boom bap. Right. Mm. What I do is I take synthesis from these modular systems and I, you know, with my MPC or my drum machines or whatever, and I create, you know, this music that's really kind of electronic, but not electronica. Like, you know what I'm saying? Sure. Sure. It's, it's, it's very synth heavy at times, but at the same time, you can feel that it's hip hop. You Mm. know what I'm saying? So that's, that's kind of what I'm into. Certainly for the last couple of years, I've been really into it. So that's how you end up. Going from a system that starts like this to right. this <laughs> <laughs> to this, all of this with the wide pain. What I'm into, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, like Fred Sample, all this, son. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so look, check this out. What is that instrument over top of the road? Oh, on on top of the roads over here. Yeah, that's another yeah. that's another synth, I believe, right? Yeah, I'm. I'm I seen you. I seen you playing with that. I'm trying to remember the name of. I seen you playing with that. That's been released not too long ago. What is it again? It's a it's a, a mini mode 
Voyager. There Voyager. you go, the Voyager. Yeah, yeah. Voyager. yeah. So yeah, the Voyager. Um, actually, this. Want to slide your mic back around? Yeah, yeah. Do you hear me now? Yep. Yeah, gotcha. I'll, I'll move up closer because you can see it back there. But right. yeah, yeah. So the mini mo Voyager. Um, so I mentioned Dr. Bob Moog. Yeah, um, that jury is still out on which way you're supposed to pronounce that Moog a Moog, but you know right. I think the proper pronunciation is uh, Moog like Rogue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, Dr. Bob Moog he passed away years ago, and like I said, he was kind of he's kind of credited as being one of the fathers of synthesis synthesizers and stuff. Right, and um, you know, just like any record company out there, one record company uh, owns another record company, distributes another record company, and somebody buys somebody, sells somebody. The next thing you know, it's a whole different record company down the line. Music technologists went through the same thing. So Bob Moog had his company back in the day. Then, you know, he sold it or closed it down and opened it back up in, say, late 90s or 2000. Okay. And back in the 70s, Anybody who was anybody in soul music that we all love was using a a, a mini Moog. Yeah, that's right. For sure. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's right. Like uh, Parliament Funkadelic, Stevie Wonder, whoever you want to name. I got Osley Brother Records down here that they were like, yeah, dude playing a mini Moog. He's, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, right. But, but so what happened is that's a, it's a vintage instrument. It was out in the 70s. Um, and you could still get them, but the prices have crept up crazy. Sure. It's like vintage cars. Yep. So then Bob Moog did when he resurrected his company in like 2000 or something, he put out, I think he was doing effects modules at first, mm-hmm. but then he said, you know what? I'm going to do a new version of the mini Moog. So he called it mini Moog Voyager. And um, like the old joint didn't have presets and patches on it. That, like it was just knobs. It was just yes. knobs. You got to know what you're like doing. Roger from, from Zap. <laughs> yeah. My man could sit there. This old video footage of Roger on BET with a with a mini Moog and his uh talk box. Talk box. Oh, you talking about the one with um when he was with Donnie Simpson? Yeah, yeah. You seen him? That was a mini Moog, right? So yep. he's dialing in the exact sound that he wants. Ain't no like press a button and go to that preset named so and so. The the Roger preset, like he right. was <laughs> in with the knobs, like the cu- uh, give on, me that computer me love that. preset. <laughs> yeah, and he would, he would know how to do it, like with the knobs. Like there's a lot to that. Being yeah, able I was gonna to say, know your instrument, man, to dial that stuff in like that. Yeah, and so there wasn't presets. There wasn't no menu. There wasn't no like this come with a thousand patches. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying it was like how many patches it come with? None. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, all right. you know what I mean? but you got to so, remember how to get back to that particular sound that's it and so what what do what what um moog did with this one is that they added this center thing right here yeah like a center screen that's got like all the presets in it um and and so it's digitally controlled analog so it's an analog synth but it's digitally controlled so you could easily get back by with a press of a button to that sound that you were working with or whatever um, all right so look creatives yeah. if you're just listening to the audio um we're sorry the video probably hasn't been released <laughs> just yet yes but you need to see this dig on absolutely Voyager. this absolutely. thing looks freaking pretty looks beautiful it's crazy, man. It, it looks like the jewel of the studio right now, amongst all your other, <laughs> all your other instruments back there. 
got the the blue lights are dimmable, so like oh, what? Um, hold on, let me just. Oh, you, you want to turn the light out? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> light show. So beautiful tone will, and you can actually dim the. That's beautiful. Smooth. That's smooth. That dim feature is pretty dope. Yeah. That dim feature is pretty dope. Wow. Word, man. Wow. So what's up with that? Um, is that a, is that a real Fender? I mean, yeah, not real, real but is a retro. Oh, yeah, it's the original. It's um. Let me come back to the mic. I'm running yeah. around. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's a, a real 1972 Fender Rhodes. Uh, wow. How'd yeah. you score that? Bruh. Woo. I'm yeah. a keys player, so that sound like that sound like money. Oh, it bro. took a it uh. took a minute. Yeah, yo. So you understand like that Rhodes vibe? Yes, yo. <laughs> yes, I do. Uh, uh, yes, I, I do. Me and my wife, um, I used to tell her like, yo, when we buy a house, I'm gonna get me a Fender Rhodes. I don't know how, but I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> gonna happen. It's gonna happen. It's real you know, swanky. She, like I guess that'd be considered like back in the days when people would buy that baby grand piano they have in their uh, in that living room that nobody goes yeah. into. Yeah, yeah, no <laughs> yeah. Or, or, even, or even like you know, I've had like uh, older people on the block that be like, um, "Yo, my uncle bought a crib, and then he went and got that classic car that he wanted, and it just be in the garage, in the garage. fixing on it all the <laughs> Ain't time, doing nothing." <laughs> He drives it literally around the block one time. Yeah, yeah. one time a year. He drives around the block. He brings it back to the garage. That's you know it. what I'm saying? <laughs> That's what that is. Yeah. So it's one of those. So so what I did with the in the roads, and actually, to tell you the truth, man, you could find them out there for you know, I think actually playable and refurbished. They over a thousand dollars. Oh, okay. I got okay. Mine That's not that bad. Four hundred. I actually bought one for four hundred. And tried to, you know, um, restore it myself, and I made good headway. But then when I took it to an expert, who, you know, in California, you kind of have that access to dudes like that. To the who, yeah. like right. This dude, uh, Ken Rich, yo, he's been restoring everybody's everything forever. Wow. I mean, you know, whoever you could name, they bring, he's they tech. He, they bring his stuff, bring their stuff to his shop. He fixes stuff, restores stuff, and give it back in pristine order. Wow. So, I actually went to him with my original roles and he was like, ah, eh, I don't know, man. Put <laughs> the dust on this one. <laughs> <laughs> you bought He's a very on, expensive coat rack. It was, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He, was, he was like, word, this will be a good piece of furniture for you. <laughs> Once you turn it into seat. a fish tank, your kids will love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, so fish the, tank. the funny thing is that he gave me a couple pointers and he gave me, he definitely didn't hold his tongue on what I did wrong or what I could have watched out for. And then he took me and put me on eBay while I was in his shop. It was like, you want to look out for this? You want to get something like this? So just keep an eye out. You may not get it this year, but keep an eye out. You're going to get what you want. Right. And, um, I did that and I ended up with like what they call the holy grail of roads. So this is a Mark one from oh, 1972. Yeah. Right, so you if any any emulations out there, the Mark One is, is like the thing, the thing. <laughs> right? And and I got real into this whole thing, man. Where I would um, 
I started researching so much that I knew the different iterations of like when you start talking to cats, you'd be like, oh, yo, you got that 77 vert. No, nah, man, they had changed. It wasn't even fully wood keys. So like those are the things that changed as these as they made them through the 70s. They start trying to cut because um, Rhodes, the guy, Mr. Rhodes. Uh, sorry, I can't think of his first name. He the, developed this keyboard this piano this electric piano and it's not like a regular piano it uses different kinds of parts and mechanics in the inside but it's literally like one key different mechanic like not different mechanic but like it's a self-contained contraption that key has everything that it needs to make that note and hit that chord or whatever you know what I wow mean? wow so he developed that whole thing and used wood wood chassis and all this different stuff uh but then he got bought by fender or made a deal with Fender. And that was kind of like the man, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, took the company and started trying to figure out ways, how can we manufacture more and for cheaper? And so then they started cutting things. And that's why you get the Mark II, or either you have Mark Ones that are from like maybe 70s to like mid-70s. Then after the mid-70s to the 80s, there's Mark II. I don't, I don't know, Mark III maybe down the line. But things were different. They, you know, it used to be fully wood keys with a certain type of uh, strap and a the, the the mechanics that go into it that hit yeah. the, the time. Mm-hmm. There's like a little metal piece that makes the actual sound. Um, but they start changing the material that they would use. Like they went from a wood case to like mostly plastic or something like that. Okay. Uh, oh, they went from wow. wood keys to like half plastic, half wood. And what happens is, you know, when you play in these keys. There's a certain weight on them. It, it feels a certain way. Um, that feels what it should feel like. When you start changing, it's less wood, it's less weight. Yeah. So then, you know, the, the play in action is very different. And the sound ain't exactly the same. That's why, you know, when you have something like Native Instruments um, and they have those sample libraries. I have them. Yeah. Yeah, you got the sample library, and those things sound real good, but yeah. you're going to know, like, Mark 1 sounds a certain way. It does. <laughs> right. You know it does. Saying? Right. Real loud. Uh, you know, so that's what I end up getting, and I got lucky. I got, like, the one that cats be, like, trying to find. So it's a 72 um, Rhodes, Fender Rhodes with the full wood chassis and full wood keys, and, you know, I went and got it restored. And then I created a sample pack from it, a multi, um, multi sample sample pack from it. Yeah. And so that, and anybody that's using NPCs out there, go to beatpeople.com. I'm going to hold this up. Mind, mind if I just tell people, y'all. No, no, man. Plug, 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 plug. Go to beatpeople.com and check out the vintage 73 Rhodes multi sample pack. Go ahead and spell out beat people. So, for the, just for if you, if you folks, for people on the, okay. Uh, beat people, B E A T, uh, P P L dot com. B E A T P P L dot com. Just in case for all the folks on audio. Yeah. Yeah. So then you got a sample pack that you, that you, that you created. Yeah. Off that Rhodes. Yep. Off that Rhodes. I literally sat here. And I sample four velocities deep on it. Oh, so, wow. You know, yeah. Well done. On each and every key. It's a 73 key Rhodes. I sampled four velocities on every key. So four 73. times 73. Yeah. That's, that's, that's odd. But not, yeah, not for yeah, the Because yeah. normally, key, you know, normally keyboards is like, you know, 49, 62, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. 81. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's funny because we were sitting there we were sitting there at, guessing trying to and, guess it was like it looks like a 61 but it threw me off because it was like it, it looks like it's bigger than that but yeah, yeah it is and you can see um look at the the mold is sitting on top of it that's a 49 key exactly right. that's um, what I but, but the keys were even smaller so that's why it was because we was yeah. looking at that we was using that as a reference then we're looking at mm -hmm. the the mode and we was like ah man what what is it i mean the mode yeah. is probably like a 49 or something you know but the the keys are still small so yeah. we're trying to look at the screen and count one two three <laughs> what a full set is you know yeah, right. so, <laughs> i'm not sure why they did that man so seven octave keyboard so back then they didn't make like I don't recall hearing ever about a 61 key until more modern times. Right, and in modern like, times, so that's like what I was going to say. Okay. 61 and, and 88. 88. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. But then right. they had the 73. So for the roads, it was only like 73 and 88. Oh, well, yeah, because man. ultimately on a rose, when you're playing, you, you're, you're really playing more closed chords or cording mm -hmm. and soloing. You know, mm -hmm, cording with mm -hmm. your left hand, soloing with your right hand. So right. you don't need a lot of room. It's, you're not going to be yeah. doing a lot of like widespread, sure, you know, yeah, you're not doing yeah. all that like on an actual piano. So then you right. wouldn't necessarily really need you that need 81. It. You wouldn't really need That's it. it. Yeah. And, and so I think back in the day, they were trying to figure out ways that like, how much do I need to be expressive, but be portable as I possibly can too. Right. right. You know what I mean? Right. That was the other thing. I mean, this thing of, uh, I'm not mistaken. It may weigh close to 75 pounds. And for them back in the day, they were like, cool. Right. Yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah. kind of <laughs> heavy right now, Chad. You know? heavy, you know yeah, 75 pounds is, I better have yeah. a roadie or I ain't coming. That's it. <laughs> I ain't gonna make so the that's what a lot of cats right. was like. That's why, that's why digital, like the DX7, Yamaha DX7, a lot yes. of digital synthesizers killed all this older stuff like that because it was lighter. It was, you know, more feature rich. <laughs> you know so what do you saying? think that's probably why that DX7 hit the scene so hard? Because everybody yeah. was using the DX7 oh, when yeah. it when it dropped. Yeah, bro. I mean, so here here's the deal. Remember, I was talking about the mini mode. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the mini mode yeah. and 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 synths like it ruled the world in the seventies. Right, but you know, it, it had a lot of. A lot of stuff that we take for granted that we used to now, like preset patches. Sure, yeah, it wasn't there wasn't none of that. Well, you know, I, you know I record. I, I mean, I re, I, re, I remember going in and out of studios. You know, back like early '80s on up, and that was like the marquee thing to have in the studio was that yeah. mini move. You know, what yeah. I'm saying yeah. the the, yeah. the the blue the blue top with the orange buttons or whatever. You know, what I'm mm -hmm. saying the whole color screen, the wood on the side, and all that. Yeah, yep. that yep. was that was the thing to have at that point it was and and the thing is i mean i think as technology got you know moved on and got better you got midi then you got like presets and digital control and where a cat could have a dx7 right let me just tell you i i have this set up like this for those that can't see it it's a Rhodes and a Mini Moog Voyager sitting on top of it. Yeah. I have that set up like that because all the people that I ever kind of idolized, that was the classic setup. Set up. Soul yeah. music and stuff back in the day. For sure. So That's you right. Can do, That's right. So you can do yeah, the double. You can do like your, your crazy low bass up top and you, you, exactly. you runs on the, you can have this beautiful sound with those two keyboards. Well, when, when digital came around, 
you all of a sudden had keyboards that are like, yo, I'm lugging more stuff than the drummer right before then. But then digital came around. Like, cause uh, think about it. You want to have your piano sounds. Yeah. Those yeah. huge chords and lush things. And then you want to have your big basses and leads and on your, on your synthesizer, you got to take that. If it was 75, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Exactly. But if it's 82, all you got to take is a DX7. That's Damn. It. So let me ask you a question, man. So when did they actually start like, um, splitting keyboards? You know what I'm saying? Well, you'll have like, um, like, well, you'll have like one Thanks half so of the keyboard. Yeah, exactly. I think that came in the, in the eighties too, man, with the different technology. And I think, and don't, I, I don't know exactly, but I believe it was like one of the most famous keyboards for having that was the Jupiter eight. And yeah. that, that joint, did splits in a way that was, you know, it was just next level from anything else that was out there. So I think that was actually, I don't want to get it wrong. But I think that was in the eighties, like early eighties when the Jupiter came out, it may have been late seventies, but I'm thinking it may have been early eighties. Those splits and stuff came out. I'm going to check out uh, Jupiter eight. Cause that was definitely one of the pinnacle joints. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, what site, what site do you normally use? To, uh, uh, check out. Vintage there you go. I love that site, man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, I love that site, man. Yeah, that's a dope site. The, it, yeah, it, uh, it's, it's, so it it's, came out eighty one. Okay, so around that, so yeah, pretty much around the eighties is when things really started that. making that that digital, yeah, yeah exactly conversion. And 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 here's the thing: something like the Jupiter was analog, but it had technology that something like DX seven was ruling at that point, right? Um, but so it was one of those one of those things that was kind of between the two, but that's when those splits and that kind of stuff, because of this kind of thing where people have the, the piano and they synth on top, then you start getting synthesizers in the eighties where you could do splits. You yeah. instead of having it on top of each other, then you could have it in one key laid out on your like keyboard, you your roads yeah. on your, on your, your right hand and your, you know, your bass mode synthesizer sound on your, your left and hand. Your left. Yeah. So yeah. let me ask you a question, fam. What else do you have in the studio? Or what is your favorite piece that you're working with? Yeah. Um, my favorite piece would be an MPC, no matter what version. Oh. <laughs> Straight up and down. <laughs> hey, you know what, man? And, 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 you know, Sound Oracle pretty much nailed the same thing. He was like, sampler. Yeah. You ask him, you know, what was your favorite, what was your favorite, you know, was your favorite sampler. tool? Sampler. Yeah. That's it. And I mean, <laughs> so, and for many reasons too. I mean, it, it's, uh, one, it's the centerpiece. Yeah. Everything connected to that, like right. pre dog. That's just kind of what it was. You know what I mean? And even now, I don't, I don't record vocals much, sure. so I don't necessarily use the dog much. You right. know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm right. really like, um, as I turn this around a little bit, you'll see like this is the, the, the zone, man. Like I'm really like in front of this machine doing what I do and, um, running, running, uh, CV. To the, the modular synth, and then I'll be able to kind of bring in some other synth stuff from here. So I have, uh, on the bottom there is, um, the DeepMind 12. Oh, uh, that's yeah. this guy. That's a 12 voice analog synth. And then I have the Prophet 6. That kind of goes along with, with it. Yeah. Old and all that. Yeah. You know, like back, it was the Prophet 5. Right. Like that. And that's, that's, that's where they stopped at. Back then. Now, who, yeah. um, who, 
Who's the profit coming out and who makes that actually the, the profit? Dave Smith. Dave Smith Instruments makes the profit. Okay. Um, Sequential Circuits was his company. So Dave Smith is actually the guy that's who a dope name. is widely credited <laughs> yeah, with. <I> know. <laughs> uh, oh, Sequential Circuits. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. a super dope name. Yeah. yeah. He's the dude that actually, uh, you got Bob Mode that kind of is credited as the father of synthesis, at least one of them. The yeah. Brooklyn is another dude. But Dave Smith is kind of like the father of MIDI. You know oh, what I'm saying? Okay. Like, yeah, pretty okay. much yeah, yeah. created MIDI. And he said, all right. Um, all y'all using y'all synthesizers and y'all got control voltage CV. Yeah. Like I'm talking about CV on the new MPC that goes to my Eurorack com- control voltage. That's basically MIDI before MIDI. But absolutely. In electronic terms, it's all control voltages. Every like uh, every voltage is a different note. No. Like right. 1.5 yep. is a certain key. Something something else is another key, a note. Right. So at anyway, those machines back then before dave smith created midi were all control voltages he created midi and then the world exploded and everybody started using it roland korg everybody right became standard and um so yeah he uh earlier he created the prophet five and if i'm not mistaken i think they used the prophet five a whole lot on the thriller album oh, yeah. um right and so just recently he was able to make a deal to get the the brand back, sequential circuits. So oh. right now he has his company, Dave Smith Instruments, where he creates okay. all these different keyboards. But he recently got the name sequential circuits back from whichever one of those companies that owned it. Right. And, um, and so what he did is he basically updated the Profit Five, brought it way modern, okay. uh, created some new kind of architecture, and, and gave it a lot of modern things like USB and. Nice. You know, effects built in and all that kind of stuff. And he created the Prophet Six. So that's one of those, one of those like Holy Trinity kind of situations for me. Like you got to have a Moog. Okay. Yeah. So I got the Mini Moog Voyager. That's the newest version, the latest version of the Mini Moog, right? And right. then to have a Prophet Six, which is the updated version of a Prophet Five, five. and then the yeah. Vintage Roads. You know what I'm saying? That yeah. kind of to me is like every, a lot of this other stuff could possibly go, but. Those kinds of things <laughs> got to got stay. To stay. <laughs> so let me ask you a question: When when things go out, uh, light goes out, or 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 expression knob goes out, do you, are you getting in there yourself, or do you have like I, my guy type of type of situation? I got my guy, on, that I go. It depends to. on what it is, and, and right. then too, it depends on how lazy I feel like being. <laughs> <Listen. All right. laughs> I got and, you. And I'm gonna I'm I'm tell you. Um, uh. So, like with the roads, I was in the garage, man. It, like, if you go about two years back in my Instagram, like maybe two and a half, three years back in my Instagram stack, you'll see I'm literally in there with the roads piano open. I'm digging in, like, I'm <laughs> oh, wow, taking off stuff and putting the stuff on. You know what I mean? Um, wow. So, some things I try to take <laughs> on myself. Um, but if it's something like one of these, like if my Moog, something goes wrong with the Moog, I'm sending it to Moog. Real life. Real life. Fix this. Real life. Calibrate it right. Do whatever you need to do. You know what I'm saying? You know what's funny? It's funny because um, I was telling somebody, I I had a gig the other day at uh, this joint. I was playing keys that I was MDing the band. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I brought some of my mics and cables out. And, of course, the mic came back dented and the cord was never the same. Mm -hmm. And I was telling the guy, I was was like, yo, I hate moving stuff out of my studio. Because every mm-hmm. single time I move something out of the studio doors, once it leaves the house, it's broken somehow. 
Like immediately. Yeah, no. You almost immediately. can't avoid it. You can't avoid it. It's <laughs> weird. Yeah. I had a Motif yeah. ES rack that I was pulling mm-hmm. my sounds from when I was producing in Digital Performer. Because Digital Performer at the time didn't have any internal sounds. I don't know if they do now, but they didn't then. Right. Yeah. And the the wheel broke on it. I'm like, when did this even happen? <laughs> it was with yeah. me the whole time. I'm sitting here playing some keys. I packed it back up. I took it home and the knob fell off. Right, right. Goddamn. Like, <laughs> come on, man. Yeah, taxes, man. You got to pay them, champ. Took it to Guitar Center and they wanted $300 to fix that thing. And I was like, like seriously? Like, we mm-hmm. can't just do some crazy glue and call it a day? No, I got to so, go in there and replace a piece that I got to order. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it's one of those things, man. It really... You know, some it, it really depends. I don't know. I guess every every different piece has a different thing. Like there's some, like for instance, I bought a a, a, a emu um, ASR ten. Okay. Um, okay. Like real dope classic sampler for those that know about this joint. Like oh yeah, I'm here. I mean, like that's pretty much what people like. Um, Illmind and Kanye West and RZA produced some of the most classic stuff on the ASR 10. Yeah. So I've been wanting one. There's certain things that I got on my list that like, you know, I guess sometimes I feel a little bit like a collector almost like, you yeah. know what I'm saying? And like, yeah, absolutely. Why not, man? Except yes. wifey might be mad at the electric bill every so often. You know? <laughs> she, True. She, I, she met me. I was on the stage. <laughs> so she understands. She better understand. You know, <laughs> um, so the uh the the thing is I found an ASR ten. And being in California, you you weird situations happen. So at any rate, I was on uh Craigslist and I found an ASR ten and the dude was like, Yeah, man, come get it. Hundred dollars. I'm like, What? what? The ASR ten for a hundred dollars? Well and he was like, Yeah, man, don't work something don't work on this crazy, it does crazy bunch of static and I'm you know, I'm sitting here with a with a you know what I mean? With some electronic knowledge in my pocket. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So, oh, <laughs> I yeah. I'll be there. shirt on, and I was like, be right over. <laughs> <laughs> I've already PayPal'd you the money. I'm just going to call and pick up the Straight unit. <laughs> so I get there. This was crazy. It's, it's, this, this dude was like in the garage of like some mansion in Beverly Hills. Nice. And so I roll up there. And um, it was really weird. It was like I had to, it was in deep in the Beverly Hills neighborhood. Then it was kind of like up a little hill and his house was on the hill. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> that's on a yeah. hill. Yeah. You know, you know, yeah. that's how like, most scary movies start with, with the black dude driving up to a place he don't belong in, no business being. <laughs> that's why I made sure it was noon o'clock. Like my, my, my <laughs> worst case, hey, look, worst case scenario, you know, from escaping the spot, you can just speed down uh, Beverly Hills and get pulled right. over. Man, hands like, up, hey, don't shoot. Right. Right. <laughs> Take me in. That's fine. It's fine. It, it was crazy, man. The, the house on the hill and then the driveway was on a hill up but on a slam. It was a weird it was like it was weird. So I went up there and uh you know it was his his dad was sitting there smoking and drinking and respect they were loaded. <laughs> like loaded with loot and loaded if otherwise. You know what I'm saying? And, oh and like, well that probably explained the deal for a hundred dollars. Real life yeah. he don't care. But here's the deal. I get in there this dude had like it was an incredible little spot he had set up man but there was stuff everywhere and the most disarray that you can imagine and um 
And he was kind of like an erratic kind of dude. And he was like, yeah, there it is right there. You know, I got this and I got that and I got that. But uh, yeah, man, I hate that it doesn't work. A guy of mine gave it to me and it, you know, when I turn it on, the sound is all out of, long story short, he turned it on so I could hear it and it started working. And he was like, oh, bro, I don't know if I want to sell it now, bro. I mean, I... <laughs> And I was like, oh, man, Dave's like, but hey, I could give you this here. Here's two vinyls that me and my band put out. <laughs> I was like, man, I almost your body. was like, this is not an evening exchange. You can give me $20 for my and, uh, gas, maybe. But. And I was kind of disappointed. I was like, foul. I'm all up in here, all Beverly Hills, you know, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air up in here. And uh, I can't get what I came for. Anyway, I got in my car and I drove down the slanted driveway. And then the dude came <laughs> running behind like, bro, bro. Wait, bro. <laughs> yes. And I was like, yeah, what's up? He's like, it did it again, bro. I don't know what that static is, bro. So if you still wanted you know, $100. So I gave him $100 and I grabbed the joint. Hell yeah. I saw what was happening. He told me what was happening. I knew how to fix it. <laughs> so I bought the parts Damn. for $20. I cleaned the joint up. I, I literally un- desoldered pieces inside replace the sliders because that's what was giving a lot of static. Oh, Basically, slider, what would right. happen is it was like a slider on there that the volume, say that the slider goes from 1 to 10. When you push it up, it wouldn't go 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. It would go like 1, 7, 3, 5, 10, 2. You know what I mean? Even uh, if you're just pushing it straight up, it would grab these weird... Uh, it would just... Yeah. Uh, and then it would do static. So I knew how to fix it. So I basically wow. grabbed it, took it to the crib. I got an ASR 10 for $100. I bought the parts for like maybe $40. It was like $20 for one part, $20 for another. And um, those things are most valuable when they have the SCSI port on the back of them. That's right. And Did Right? You, so I, I basically stalked, I stalked eBay until I could find a SCSI port, and I bought one of those for $200. I put that card in there. I desoldered some stuff. I literally had the dining room all like a workshop, man. I put it all back together. And that's even all that stuff is in, in my, uh, Instagram, Instagram. Instagram. Uh, so the was so you can, um, so you can daisy chain it to like a, a zip or jazz drive, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So you can, you can get, uh, more load, more stuff. Cause it got a floppy drive built in. Right. Exactly. Scuzzy joint on there. You got a lot more storage and I yeah. think it's a little faster too. Um, so yeah, man, I did all that. I totally restored the joint and I kept it for a few months. Then I sold it for eleven hundred dollars. <laughs> you sold it? Okay. No, right, no, so, no, right, no. That's right. that's that's good business right there, my nigga. <laughs> Absolutely. You, made you got two hundred dollars on the part, you paid a hundred dollars for it, made eleven hundred dollars for your three hundred investment. Yeah, yeah so like a hundred dollars for the for the actual ASR ten, maybe forty dollars in initial in parts, parts, and then two hundred dollars for the scuzzy piece. Yeah. So three forty? Yeah. And I sold it for eleven. Exactly. You know I mean? And made out. And that, that's when I, those are those moments when I'm like, see, I'm glad I went to DeVry. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's right. Absolutely, man. You was able to pay yourself back off of that. I can yeah. use the man of your that, talents put, here at the studio. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Take that money and put it on that, uh, that, um, that, that tuition. That, yeah, yeah, right. That, 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 loan that bill. I had exactly. it recently. I have a, um, uh, Avalon, um, 737SP. Uh, for my uh, for my mic pre, uh, because I do have a booth. I do a lot of vocals, 
and that's going oh. into the um the um the uh M- the M- audio god damn it the uh, uh <laughs> the motu a two eight the mk three mm-hmm. hybrid and I recently had to crack open the uh the avalon because I had to go in and change the tubes Oh, nice. Um, nice. So I had to order the tubes. It's got about $100 for the tubes, which kind of blew me because when I saw the tubes, I'm like, this is just a goddamn light bulb. This yeah, ain't no goddamn tube. Was they like, what, 12X7? Yeah, yeah. I don't remember what the size was, but I had to, you know, literally go in and crack it open. And it was literally like pop, 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 pop. That's it. Yep. How many tubes was it? Four. 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 Yeah. Yeah, that Avalon is cold, bro. Like, yeah. And. What's dope about it is what you did is because you can change the characteristic of the sound exactly. by just putting different tubes in it. Mm-hmm. And um, really, like they got, so you can yeah, buy different can, tubes of for yeah, that Avalon. Yeah, yeah, you can buy different tubes, mm-hmm. all kinds of different tubes, as long as it's the size that fit. Mm-hmm. They have different types that are different characteristics, or so by different manufacturers that have different characteristics. And so this is stuff that Cat's been doing for years with. Uh, Guitar amps and true things like exactly. that. Exactly, right. That's usually where this type of, of thing lives on the guitar yeah. side, on the on the live instrumentation side, and just augmenting right. that live feel. When yeah. you start getting into the synth side, it, it really gets over people's heads. So you mm-hmm. know, the lovers of the craft are who you'll find um, that are really doing that. That kind are really of stuff. going down that path. Yeah. Wow. I mean, and and I had a um, I had a it, it was a much cheaper preamp for vocals and it was by art but amazingly it sounded pretty amazing actually but, I, yeah and i've heard that art has some really great bro, sounding bro stuff. we oh, had right, we did have the art we had an art uh, compressor right yeah we had, art art, we had an art we had an art compressor um limiter, compressor limiter um, right. which was a great bang for your buck yeah i, I would suggest that yeah, you know what i'm saying for a lot of people and the sound that we was getting out of look we did a lot of tapes on that we yeah. had a booth Right, what we call it, the booth. booth. Right, <laughs> it was really, um, it was really, uh, we was recording in our apartment. We called it Knoxville, and it was actually my closet. Really, yeah, yeah. yeah. right, yeah. right. Yeah. But it really right. served as a booth because, for real, with all the clothes and stuff I had in there, I had mm-hmm. bunch of clothes, and then it dampened it. It dampened it, and then on mm-hmm. top of that, you know, I had a bunch of um, shoe boxes. Oh yeah, yeah. Up to yeah. the ceiling, yeah. Yeah, up to the ceiling. There you go. Cause you know, back then I was definitely a sneaker fiend. Right. <laughs> right. But um yeah, but you were. really yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Bad habits. Just a little bit. Yeah. A lot. Up to the ceiling. Just a little bit up to the ceiling. Hey, but no no no. It was it was all for acoustics though. Yeah. It was good. Yeah, no, that's what right. we did. It and it's funny bad. because we used to take our mixes to to you know folks and folks would be like, yo, where are y'all recording at? And we like out the studio called Knoxville, shifty eyes, shifty eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> yeah, for real. I mean, we had people that we had people that that come over there, and they were like, "Yeah, so y'all record here? Where's the booth? Where's the booth? Open yeah. up the closet. Some shorts. Yeah, the church suit. Hey, you the, know what, man? MXL mic. Like the if that's where the magic is, I'm with it. I wouldn't care. Like I've recorded at places where dudes had a a, a straight up like carpet that they pulled up from the floor, they tacked it to the ceiling and a mattress behind me. <laughs> and, and I was and it was one of the best sounding recordings that I had ever that done. Makes sense. Was, bro, that I'm, makes I'm sense. trying to tell you, man. I mean some of the recordings that we did and we're hold it up to like people that record out of an A room. Um mm-hmm. not saying uh, now, I'm not saying that our booth was 
a room quality. All I'm saying is that we knew how to use our uh, setup right. to the point where we can compete with. Mm-hmm. Right, you know, and I think that for a lot of for a lot of people, that's where it gets you know it gets a little hairy. So on that on that note, is there a piece of equipment that you have that you made that investment to get? That just like gave you hell to either learn or to like integrate into your yeah. current setup. Yeah, that's a good freaking question, man. <laughs> yeah. That's a good um, question. Yeah, man. I think it's almost like almost anything that's uh well, I won't say almost anything. There's there's two two things I'll point out right off the bat. Sure. Right. Um uh Eurorack modular synthesis setup. That's a different beast. If you used to coming from, you know, a synthesizer, um, press a couple buttons to get a different sound. That's sure. one thing. But there's a whole vocabulary and culture to the modular synthesis thing, uh. man. And a lot of people are like, why would you want to go through the trouble when you could be just creating? And I'm like, well, the, the thing is about modular synthesis is once you start to understand more of the stuff, you can get stuff out of it that you probably wouldn't be able to get out of software or a synth. Oh. You know what I mean? Or even it's just a matter of the fact that you can physically unplug a wire and plug it into something else and start modulating or uh, creating these different, you know what I mean? Just these different sounds and shaping these sounds in ways that you you would have to go menu diving in a typical thing, and then you'd probably sure. hit a wall on a typical sense that would say, we didn't design it to do that. Ah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I got you. And so here, though, with the modular synth, you can, like, you could do something by mistake. A lot of happy accidents. So two things. <laughs> I'll say modular synthesis is one. The modular synth is one of them, that whole modular the whole process. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that whole process of doing it is one of them. And then the other thing is... um electron gear uh like the electron rhythm and electron analog for like uh this drum machine here. uh see if you can get that oh, at the top there this oh guy. all that, that well, these are both that. electron drum machines but this joint is um the electron analog rhythm okay rhythm r-y-t-m they're a swiss company i believe and they spell it R-Y-T-M. So I think they say rhythm or something like that. Anyway, this is the rhythm in my mind. Real mm-hmm. mind. I got you. <laughs> right? So from Chicago. Dope, <laughs> drum machine is real heavy. I do a lot of sound design with it. I got yeah. a sound pack called Analog Boom Bap. I got another sound pack called the Chicken Kit. Um, I've seen that. And yeah. They, and these are all like pretty dope, like boom bap hip hop sort of kits that come from analog drum machines and different techniques that I did to do the sound design. But as far as this box, the analog rhythm, it was a, it was a learning curve, man. Um, Mm. because they have a different, it ain't like an MPC. It ain't like a machine. Okay. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Um, it's a very different box with a very different OS and there's very different concepts in it that I wasn't even used to dealing with. Like now that I've got, to this drum machine, I'll be like, yo, why ain't machine and, and MPC incorporating some of the things from here into the boxes that we love? You know what I mean? Because it's not like it's proprietary stuff. It's just stuff that's from a different workflow that mm. have existed different machines for a long time. So to answer your question, two things. The the modular synth is one of those that like I it was a significant investment. 
And I had to kind of really learn the ways of the modular synth right. <laughs> in order to really, to really, I mean, yeah, to really dial it in and get what I need to get. Um, and then the, the rhythm was another one of those where the learning curve was a little more than I expected. And this joint is a, uh, like a $1,200 drum machine, I think. Oof. Um, yeah, Ouch. so it was a, it was a huge decision to get it. <laughs> yeah. And then when I got it, I kept it for a month and it was the, the learning curve was steep enough where I was like, I'm sending him back. Uh, I'm under 30 days. I'm under 30 days. You know, you can send it back within 30 days. Right. So right. Back. right. And he was like, yeah, we'll, we'll accept it. But then I was like, you know, Hello, let guitar me. center? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. no, I don't want it anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. yeah, okay. I'll bring the receipt. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was one of those, man. But when I dug into it and really got into it, I started to realize, like, it was one of my favorite things, you know? Yeah. Oh, wow. So those are two things right there that kind of gave me that, that, like, you know, you had a significant investment in it and it took some time to dial in. But, you know, at first I was kind of like, I don't know. <laughs> then later on, I got it to it. And I'm like, yeah, this is actually, to tell you the truth, between the analog rhythm and my modular synthesizer, mm-hmm. that kind of comprises, that makes this whole sound that I've been playing with over the last year and a half, two years. Oh, wow. 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 That's, yeah. imp- that's impressive and wow. important. Yeah. Now, yeah. now um, just to wrap this up, because for real, I'm thinking of other questions to ask you, and for real, these questions are pretty heavy, and we'll be like <laughs> probably spending another 20, 30, 40 minutes on these questions. Yeah, yeah. But um, just to bring us back up out of the rabbit hole, um, question, man, where do you think the sound of music is going to go right now? You know what I'm saying? Because right now it seems like um, we've especially in urban music, we are transitioning back out of, you know, the whole, I guess, synth-esque, mm-hmm. dance-esque type, you know what I'm saying, sounds. And it's actually starting to sound, I guess, a little more... Musical. Quote-unquote, yeah, organic, musical. Yes, um, yes, yes. And, and, and to me, I think the best time of music um, in my opinion, would be like, you know, your um your mid seventies, maybe the first three years of the eighties, because you know, you had both technology that was that was surfacing, but at but but also, you know, people were actually still using freaking pianos and mm-hmm. and, and, and you know, bass guitars and so forth and so on. Um only up until after then that's when everything just been you know sent out and i feel like we're kind of like in that area once again you know what i think i think we're in the best times and i don't know maybe if if this if today was 77 we'd probably say the same thing but i think right right I, i believe so too yeah right so but what i what i think is happening especially from what I know about music technology and, you know, the companies that I deal with and what I'm seeing as trends, even just on the music tech side, not even necessarily on the actually making music side. Yeah. But I definitely that a lot of the things that we love from the seventies, like analog synths and analog drum machines. And when people were starting to say, yo, this synthesizer music and it made like you had people like Osley brothers. Sure. Stevie Wonder. Yeah. Um, Marvin Gaye. Prince, right. like these dudes were the pinnacle of combining the like, uh, I guess, more organic 
traditional instruments with sure. the new technology type True. instruments. Yep. You know, you had Prince, uh, soft and wet. Yeah. Right. He's yeah. using basic guitars, using regular guitars, using synthesizers and drum machines and real drums. Right. But they still I'm, sound soulful and funky. And he, and in exactly. sync. He Locked. did it brilliantly. Pocket was you in You know there. what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what I mean? And then you got somebody like, uh, like I said, Stevie Wonder, he came obviously from Motown, yeah, with that whole soul and and the traditional instrument type of thing, and then he walked up in these music, to these synth nerd dudes studio. Uh, next thing you know, it's all the, jamming on the one, jamming, jam, yeah. jam, jamming. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Exactly. You know what I mean? You got so deep into the technology, and there's stuff to this day that we'll listen to that Stevie Wonder has that you'll be like, how they even make that kind of sound? Well, since I've been dealing with these modular synthesizers, I come across stuff that, and people are saying. Like I actually had somebody tag one of the dudes that uh, of the two dudes that created this huge synth that used to work with Stevie Wonder through the seventies. I had somebody tag one of those dudes on one of my posts, like check him out because it's the same thing. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Yeah, because that music, that musicorium album. Yeah, yeah, that was a you know, very, was, very it was experimental album. Yeah, it was, bro. That, and I yeah. think honestly, I feel like we're in that space again because there's a resurgence of analog synthesis, and resurgence of that kind of technology. Sure, but they're using it in a way like everything we wish we had. And I'll say we just, you know, as as black people and musicians, right? Like I'll right. say we like that, not like I was there making music in the seventies, right? Sure, sure, <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> but, but the the Everything that we would wish we had, we can experience it now. We can experience it now. Yeah. So I think there's this thing where uh, you could hear it with Kendrick Kendrick Lamar, and you know he's more butterfly album. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's more cool. Like this traditional instruments. There's a very organic feel to it, and I think that's where we're going in this. You know, we got a lot of. you know, musicians that are getting more into their musicianship on actual instruments. Yeah. It's not like, yo, all I got is a turntable and an MPC. And if a, that's yeah, case, exactly. Cool. Right. Record in a minute. But, right. you know, it's like, I think cats are getting into a lot learning more instruments access. again. Exactly. There's a lot more access to things. Absolutely. There's this technology has the gift and the curse as far as like, all the fans are now producers. I, yeah, <laughs> you know I, yeah, I know. And really, I, that was something I wanted to talk about. But that's going to take another 30, 40 Yeah, because minutes I, I, I want to. I also want to. I know we're about yeah. to be an hour and 30 into it. But right. yeah, I wanted to ask you. You know, I have to wait till next time. But I wanted to ask you about your business and how you set up everything to become success, successful with, you know, with what you have and taking what you have and turning it into something you know more established on a business end but we're going to have to definitely, come back man. on and run that yeah, back on another back on, on we'll the show cuz that's that. that's I think I think I think the creators out there who are in our position need to know sure. that not only do you need the hot fire beats or the, mm-hmm. the dope sounds or whatever the case may be but you need the infrastructure and you need to know how to build mm-hmm. it effectively and then you need to understand what it takes to maintain that infrastructure and how it works so yeah right. absolutely man i mean i mean Yo, you have something special going on, and you've been able to. It sounds like you've been able to partner up with a lot of folks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you know what? You, I'll tell you the 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 difference between me today and myself myself maybe fifteen years ago is that <clears throat> I learned that it's more about the we and the us than the me. You know what I mean? Man, speak on it. 
Please. We, we just talked it. about that GMO oh. Bros. Yeah, man. GMO, we, no GMO. We bros, call them GMO it? Bros because GMO Bro is, and we all know what a genetically modified organism organism yeah, yeah. is, right? You know what I'm saying? It bears no fruit, it bears bear- no seed, no nothing, yeah. right? And that's that's yeah. pretty much the premises of a GMO Bro, right? This, that's that's that guy who, who's who's real. made it to where he's trying yeah. to get to, but then doesn't help, doesn't reach back, doesn't nothing. Mm-hmm. He just. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah, no, Doug. I, I'm all about community. Like that. That's why I do things how I do things. That's why B Boy Tech Report is a service to the beat maker community. You sure. know what I'm saying? Um, sure. Beatpeople.com is also a service to the beat maker community. That's why I do the podcast because that also is a service to the beat. <laughs> and and what I find is that you know those things that I've created become the bridge between a company like Akai or a company like. You know, whatever it is, whatever, Arturia or something like that. Right. Um, and, you know, and, and so then I can kind of give that information to the people who want it from our perspective. And I'm still doing music. Right. So yeah. 15 years ago, I was doing music and I'm like, you know, you come up with that. It's how we're taught. It's how we're taught. Like, you're an artist. This is hip hop. You're competitive. Nothing else matters but you. But that's, right. to me, it's, it's, it's even though it's, it's so silly. ingrained in hip hop and it's a part of what the culture is. But if you, if not used properly, it'd be cancerous, man, because, you know, you're tearing other people down to get what you want. And I think, at least from my perspective, it worked better for me to say, like, yo, this is us. What are we doing? And what can I contribute to the whole situation? And like, then I noticed that cats contribute and then as I'm contributing, I'm learning and vice versa. You know what I'm saying? And you're and then, growing. And then the you community I mean? is growing as well. Then exactly. you're experiencing exponential growth. So exactly. yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's what it's really that. that's what it's all about though, for real. That's what's it up, truly man. is. I mean, just like with the with the modular synthesis stuff, it's uh that's something a lot of cats ain't into that do the kind of music that we would do. But right. the thing is, I'm like, I want to introduce that to cats and be like, yo, you could be on something else. Like, I think in order for our music to grow, we got to start pushing it in different directions. Different di- ah. and, and you know what I mean? And being on the on out of bounds on some things. Yeah, man. Stop being a preset, baby. Yeah. You know, and, and like, <laughs> and, 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 and here's the thing. Mix it all up together. Why not? Sure. I was talking. I, I literally had a producer yeah. in here. Right before we started a podcast, and he was he was telling me he was playing this track for me, and I always tell my producers out there when you're building your music, you want to make sure you have your highs, mids, and your low ends in the track, not in the frequency. We gonna get all yeah. that deep, just as yeah, a yeah. as a piece of work, as an audio, yeah. as I'm listening to it as a fan. I need that high in there, I need that mid in there, I need that low in there, and his it was lacking some low end. So I was telling him, I was like, look, you have this nice acoustic bass sound of thing going on underneath, but underneath that, then that sub bass area. Yeah. Put a little synth in there. Philly. It's it's not it's yeah. not for it's not to stand out. It's just to mm-hmm. give it a little bit more body. And understanding right. understanding yeah. how to build those relationships together so they fit together like that and not just you like this. Yeah. Exactly. You need to, you need to, to me, that's, that's what I know. Like when I'm sitting in the lab and I'm making something, there's times when I'll stand up. Like I literally get out my chair and I might be like, Oh, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) That comes together. Exactly what you're saying. Like when you know you've hit that mid area, right? Mm. And the highs are right. And you know that when you add that base, you know what I'm saying? It's nothing like it. And and things start playing off of one another, man. That, there's a there's an energy to that that's like nothing else. Yeah. Right. Yeah. One hundred and ten percent agree with that. That's a word. Yep. Right. 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 
Yeah. So, yeah, man. Hey, I also want to mention too. What's that? It, um, it's uh, plug time now. So go ahead and, and, and if there's something you got to plug or something you got to. So I'll I'll say this just because I had fun doing this and I want to tell you I don't get nothing from this, but it's just because it's a fun drum machine. Have y'all seen this or use this? This is I've seen that before. I've seen it. I haven't used it. Yeah, so it's the Arturia Drum Brute, and I yes. mentioned it because we were talking about drum machines a second ago and all of this stuff. Um, yeah, and that whole bridging the gap between the the beat maker community and these companies. Well, um, Arturia and uh, they are just cool folks, man, and I've worked with them. Actually, Chris enough. has the has the is the one who has the sponsorship with Arturia. It's Arturia. It's Arturia. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. okay. So yeah, yeah. Arturia is dope like that, and um, I worked with them with this on this not that i designed anything or anything but it's just like they hit me up and was like yo you want to check this out and give us some feedback and we talked and kind of got into some stuff so if you go into guitar center and you're playing an arturia drum brute or you have one i did like pretty much all of the hip-hop preset rhythms <laughs> that's crazy slow clap on that one, bro yeah. yeah, that's what's up, man. That's pretty, dope. that's pretty dope. Now they yeah, give man. me another reason to go to Guitar Center. You know, one thing yeah. that that um that I like about Arturia is that they they seem like they were the ones that was kind of like um that that started that wave where they had um virtual instruments with outboard gear. Yeah, yeah, they they definitely kind of definitely. They led the charge on a lot of that kind of stuff. Like they were the ones doing virtual uh instruments that emulated classic vintage synths and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Instruments was doing it before machine too. Like they were around, but definitely those two, like they were kind of hand in hand. But Arturia really, like they really pushed it in a way that was see. That's too much to talk about because now I want to ask you about mics and you know Slate Digital has that new mic. That they just oh, released. The yeah, that's like a I mic. don't know much about it just yet. So next show, I'll, yeah. I'll next time y'all have me on. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll see. <laughs> hey, Steve Slate, what's good, baby? Hit me, <laughs> hit me up. Let me product test that mic right fast, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> see, see, Tabari, he has the um the Raven MTI here too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was already on my Slate Digital. Yeah. Um, oh, oh, and I'm looking at getting some of their some of their plugins as well. Um, yeah, actually, I subscribed to uh, Slate Digital a couple months ago, so I subscribed to them because um, they had some sort of deal. Where I yeah, you get all their plugins and you yeah. pay like per month instead of like yeah. a one-time f- fee of several thousand. You just pay like exactly. twenty bucks a month. Yeah, un- so I did that, know. man, and, and it was I think at a time when they had it for like nine dollars a month. Man. Ooh, like, oh wow! I was like, I don't know if I could pass that up. So it's nine dollars, <laughs> and I'll be using their stuff, and I'm actually really impressed. I look at their stuff like, wow, I'm pretty impressed with what they do, man. No, Slate and Slate Digital's dope on the low. Folks just don't really know. Like I'm like, yo, you don't know about Slate? They're like, nah. Yeah, what? Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. Wow. It's crazy. Slate Digital's stupid, though. Yeah, real dope. They, uh, their, t- their tape machine emulator is amazing. Okay, oh, see? Right. Yeah, it's right. really good. Really good. Right. Do really you have good. it? I don't have it. I have the Waves uh, tape uh, the tape machine emulator, but it's not yes. this. Well, it's you not. know, I tell you, this, their, their, tape machine, their tape emulation is part of the reason I bought that subscription. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Wow, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about. I need to get hip. Yeah, that's right. I need to get hip. You see that? Ah, 
I see you. I see right? you. So, uh, pardon the, the pile of boxes down there, but hey, bro, that real to real joint up there. Yeah. You know, that's another one of those finds and drive out to grab it out of somebody's garage. And what so is, I, is that? Uh, is that the four fifty six real? No, actually, it's a. What is it a? It's a TAC. 3300 it's a tiac 3300s so it's not even a one inch it's not a one inch reel it's a quarter inch reel okay but it records at 15 ips and uh, definitely could get that tape saturation out of it but you know what i i I used it for certain projects then i stopped using it because i like tape saturation i don't like the noise <laughs> for so, sure. okay okay it's, for it's sure. noise it's noise for real for sure. yo is that yeah. a justin boa on your wall Oh yeah, but yeah. it's not a it's not a uh, or it's a poster that I framed. Yeah, oh, so Justin Boa, you know about Boa, huh? Bro, I got I got one. He, he's, I, he's from Philly. I got oh, I got word. I got one of his in in the house over here. I got the, the jazz yeah. piano joint where he's where he's yeah. My mom got that okay. joint for me. And uh, oh, so you, can you see? You can't see because of the light right there, huh? Yeah, no. this is, I can't quite actually, see what it is, but yeah. Uh oh! What? It's, what? It's, it's a glare on it anyway. So, I, yeah, it's a Dilla poster, basically. Oh, so, oh, oh dope, 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 yeah. dope, 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 dope. So, <clears throat> yeah, it's uh, but yeah, I had that Justin Bua man for a while. Like literally, I bought it. I think in '04. Yeah. Um, and it been in one of those rolled up things. Yep. Just you know what I mean. And and then I went, once we uh, moved into this place, I was like, hold on, I'm gonna give me a frame and put my Bua up. Hell yeah! <laughs> right. Well, you know what? Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't even want to misquote that. I think he's from Philly. I met him in Philly. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah I don't know where. At, at, a little art, at, a, at an art exhibit. Um, Dominic. Ah, that makes sense. Yep. Yeah. My cousin, he's he's pretty dope. Actually, he's a dope tattoo artist, too, man. He's out there on the West Coast, too. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's in San Diego, and he's, his shop about to open up in um, Orange County. Dope. dope. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, dope illustrator, hip hop illustrator at that too. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, all right. So, look, man, we want to, we want to, um, land this plane, man, because I feel that I do have multiple questions to yeah, ask you. So many more. And I'm itching. So I'm going to have to just write it down and hold it. <laughs> write it down. Take a picture. I don't give a. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And hold it for another episode, man. Yeah, real talk. Hold it for yeah. another episode. But yeah, this is, um, this plug time, man. So, um, yo, just, just go for it. Um, social media, um, yeah. whatever packs and stuff that you have out there, you plug got that, yeah, yeah. website, plug that, so forth and okay. so on. So, yeah, man, I appreciate y'all having me on, first of all, man. It's always good to talk to brothers that are kind of in that same mind frame. And we, you know, it sounds like we're cut from the same kind of cloth, man. So I appreciate y'all having me yes, on. Sir. Um, for those that are uh, listening out there, be sure to check me out on B-Boy Tech Report. That's B-B-O-Y-T-E-C-H-R-E-P-O-R-T dot com. That's B-Boy Tech Report dot com. That's where it's basically, uh, uh, you know, music tech site from a B-Boy and hip hop perspective. Right. So all the gear that you might be thinking about getting, I write articles about and review different stuff. I get a lot of stuff sent to me sometimes even before it's out. So I review things from there. Um, and then beatpeople.com is where I do, uh, it's kind of like a digital label as well as where I do sound design from. So there's where I got like t-shirts, uh, beat people t-shirts. That's beatpeople.com, B-E-A-T-P-P-L. 
dot com. That's where you can get like sound kits. You get my Rhodes sound kit there. You can get uh, a lot of dope drum kits there. Yeah. And I'm uh, eventually actually going to have something else, another kind of arm of this that I'm going to be opening up soon enough, probably by the summer, as long as I can put in that work to get it done. And I'll, you know, talk to you about that another time. But right now, you know, get at me on beatpeople.com or bboytechreport.com and follow me on Twitter. So on Twitter, I'm the beat people, uh, okay. T H E. B E A T P P L. Uh, and I'm also B Boy Tech Report, spelled the same way as previous on Twitter. And then on Instagram, my most active channel of everything is probably my <laughs> it always Boy Tech Report Instagram, <laughs> right? So Instagram.com slash B Boy Tech Report. And I'm doing like a weekly podcast of this. Um, next episode will be episode 23. So what we do is a roundtable discussion. We nerd out about uh, production stuff. And, yeah. But from our perspective, though, mm. right. Um, and then sometimes we have people on there like dude Glenn Darcy from Arturia came on when that drum machine, when the drum brew came nice. out, it was announced. I had Glenn Darcy on the show. Wow. And we, we basically talked about everything about the drum brew. And then so a lot of times we have people on there. Uh, what was two weeks ago? I think episode 20 or 21. We had Blake from Yamaha. And we talked about the um, montage six. So yeah, that's the Beat People podcast, and you can find that on my YouTube channel. Okay. Tech with you. Yeah, that's is it just dope, is it man. just on YouTube? Do you have it? Um, do you have yeah, it anywhere it's, else? It's on iTunes, and you can okay. also look for the show B E A T P P L Beat People podcast on iTunes and uh, on my SoundCloud, SoundCloud.com/slash Beat People B E A T. Uh, PPL. Absolutely, we're going. We're going to follow you on both. Um, both of those for platforms. Sure. For sure. Word. For sure. Yeah, so pretty yeah, much yeah. everything is B Boy Tech Report or Beat People. So both of them everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All across the board. Yeah. Yo. No doubt, man. Yeah, man. Um, dude, appreciate that, man. Appreciate yeah, stop. Appreciate you know, sliding sure. through, being able to chop it up with us, man. I see that. Um, we could definitely build. You know, a uh, beautiful relationship with this man because we are, we're we're sharing the same space. You know, and we definitely have you know passion for um yeah. for the creative community, mm-hmm. man. We and these are conversations that we need to have quite often for real, for real, because people need to know what's new, what's out there, how crap works, what the <laughs> heck is an LFO, how is LFO do yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying, and you said and all ASR, that what the hell is an ASR right, <laughs> right, release <laughs> right, yeah. right. keep it real yeah, you gotta know yeah. that type of stuff yeah, I mean, I mean, real talk, you know, especially for our new creatives out there and that's yeah. what I'm all about, I'm all yeah. about like giving that information, the information I got I wanna share, I'm gonna and you know, there's going to be, like I said, new initiatives as the year sure. goes on where I'll be able to kind of officially kind of share with folks and show folks and maybe even book sessions where people can do one-on-one mentoring and stuff like that. So, yeah, man. So, we're definitely going to have to talk <laughs> Yeah, we got to talk after, for Offline. sure. Offline. <laughs> for sure. Because we're trying to do some stuff for the creatives that I think uh, I think we might be able to be mutually beneficial for. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah, man, um, we're, def- we're definitely going to have to um, run this back. For sure. Word. Yeah, bro, Fast, what you think about this one, bro? Man, this was a dope episode again. 
We can't stop doing dope episodes. Man, I'm I'm loving this, man. I'm I'm loving Don't this. Stop. We're we're being Don't able stop. to, you know, reach out and you know, we reach out to a lot of people, right? But yeah. you know what what matters is the right people that show up, right? And I was folks saying that, that Yeah, man, folks that actually are genuine and give a flying fuck <laughs> about folks. You know what I'm saying? Real life. I mean, we done had people that done stunted on us in our DM. I man. mean, we should have DM and they, we see that they're looking at it because you know in the DMs, you know you got the little eye, the little eye icon that people check it right, and we see that you, we see you checking our DMs, but you I ain't see seeing you. nothing. I see you, but it's all good, man. I ain't even worried about them at this at this point, man, because you know the, the right, right people, people, the right people show up, the right? People have always shown up. Absolutely, absolutely. So creatives, just know this: that whenever you are reaching out to somebody, and, and you know it might be the person that you want to get at, name responding, man, man, just focus on the folks that really give you the attention because you know what there is a vibe there is a way there is a platform that y'all both can just you know can, can just share and grow off of that too you know what i'm saying and that's definitely what we're experiencing with this episode shout out to all those creatives out there that are following us yeah. you know what i'm saying that are in our dms that are actually giving us real constructive criticism real feedback you know what i'm leaving saying comments, on our instagram like leaving comments you know and sharing we got a lot of people reposting and resharing episodes we really appreciate you guys for that respect yeah absolutely absolutely man so um for those that are new to what we do follow us all across the board mm-hmm. instagram twitter yep soundcloud uh-huh. at two bro show when at you're two on soundcloud show. make sure you reposting comment and like yep Please. It's important that you do that. That's the only way that, you know, these platforms like this grow. So we can bring you more dope content and more dope info that you're jonesing for. But also, um, run on over to YouTube. Now, this is a big deal because we're going to be releasing this particular episode um, within the season that we're going to be dropping pretty soon on YouTube. Yep. Where, where can you find this? Well, going over to Two Bros in the Studio Show. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to see two handsome faces pop up on your screen. Then there's going to be a subscribe button somewhere along the line on the screen. That side. Of, that side yep. Of and me. when you find that yep. subscribe button, make sure you smash that. Yep. And then more important, share it because sharing is caring. And it's free. 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 Give us us free. That's right, man. Yep. Sharing is caring. Yep. Means a lot. It absolutely means a lot. Mm-hmm. But creators, more importantly, creators keep, keep creating. creating.